thousand miles above the earth, slowly rotating through the silent voids of space, is the Arthur C. Clarke Astronomical Laboratory, Star Lab. Here, the International Space Authority, ISA, watches over an eternity of uncharted galaxies and the countless planets that orbit within their starlit boundaries. On one of those planets, Timian III, Professor Logan Starsmith and his staff await the arrival of the components for Starsmith's latest invention, a new hyperdrive unit known as the SPA-1. But as the two freighters carrying the SPA-1 components orbit into a descent vector over Timian, one of them, the Xanadu trader, radios an urgent message to Starlab Control. We've just been attacked by an unidentified alien vessel. Huge. Twice the size of a Viking-class cruiser. Any damage? A negative, but the other freighter is gone. The Eldorado. She was orbiting with us. But destroyed? No, the alien didn't fire a shot. They locked onto the Eldorado with a tractor beam and took her aboard through some kind of recovery hatch. As news of the hijacking reaches Commissioner White, he calls a hurried conference with SET commanders John Graydon and Buddy Griff, along with Star Lab Research Director Maura Cassidy. Well, how many people knew what the freighters were carrying? Only Starsmith. The freighters were loaded three days ago. He ordered them up himself. Well, if there's been a security leak, Starsmith would seem to be the obvious suspect. Well, that's what we thought at first, but there's no motive. Well, what do you want us to do? Go to Timian 3. Bring back Starsmith. We'll keep him here till we can figure out what's going on. Besides, I think a few days rest will do him good. John and Buddy leave Starlab aboard Delta-1 and warp through the time-space continuum, reducing the distance to Timian 3 from days to minutes. During the return warp through, Professor Starsmith undergoes a strange and terrifying transformation. Oh my God, he's, he's shriveling up, he's, he's, he's dehydrating. I can see his cheekbones. Rainbows. Golden rainbows are spilling out of his eyes. Docking at Starlab, John and Buddy rush the being Starsmith has become to the alienology unit in sickbay. But just as Dr. Diana Rossiter is about to put the alien into the anti-dehydration chamber... Matibsa! Matibsa! I'll miss you, Captain Griff. Diana! Diana, he's not breathing! Do something! Sorry, Mara. He's gone. Still retaining the synthetic human hand he was unable to neutralize during his morphogenetic reversal, the alien slowly closes his transparent eyes as part two of the Starsmith Project unfolds within the interstellar spaces of alien worlds. <laughs>
Right and left lobes are 100% negative function. Body temperature is centigrade. Doctor, look. His hand is dissolving. Let's get him into the chamber. There still might be a chance. You mean he's not dead? If he were, the hand would calcify, not dissolve. I think he's lapsed into a pre-death coma. I hope we haven't run out of time. Here's his data, Dr. Rossiter. TOS profile, pathological readout, and neurotracings. Nitrogen, oxygen, neon theta, hydrogen, paragen violet. His cells are 92% paragen violet. Sandy, flood the chamber with an osmotic vapor of 80% paragen violet and 20% neon theta. All right, doctor. Maura, turn on the chamber microphone. This one? The red switch. Yes, that's it. Captain Griff. I'm right here. I was afraid. You don't have to be afraid anymore. We're all here to help you. Then you should know me. I am Matib, a thought magician from the Neconian Empire in the galaxy of Cerisias. Buddy, ask him where Professor Starsmith is. Whose voice is that, Captain Griff? My name is Mara, a friend of Captain Griff's. We're concerned about Professor Starsmith. His spirit is within me. His form is safe on Nakona. Is, is there a physician among you? Yes, Matib. My name is Diana. Are you monitoring my heart pulsations, Diana? Yes. I'm beginning to feel the symptoms of perigen violet saturation. When I finish speaking, reduce the osmotic infusion 10%, every 25 pulses, then remove me from the chamber. An alien thought magician is saved from death by executive physician Rossiter. Although Professor Logan Starsmith's body is safe on Nikona, his spirit still resides within Matib. Exactly why and how Matib assumed Starsmith's body remains a mystery, one which moves them deeper into an alien world. and strength restored, Matib is removed from the anti-dehydration chamber and taken to a recovery unit in sickbay, where he explains the mysterious chain of events which have brought him to Star Lab. As the light of our sun diminishes, so does the perigen violet content of our atmosphere. Those of us in our middle years have been slowly mutating ourselves in order to survive with reduced amounts of the life element. But because our children and elders lack the strength for cell mutation, they've been dying at the rate of 500 a day. Is there any way you can save yourselves? Our only choice is migration to a planet with a high atmospheric content of perigen violet. We know of one, but it's 2,000 light years from home. And without Professor Starsmith's invention, we'll never reach it in time. Our ships are too slow. Why didn't you simply come to us and ask for help? Emperor Mika doesn't trust you. He knows that the history of Earth is one of 
almost fatal devotion to the extremes of pleasure, pain, and power. And to Mika, all extremes have their basis in fear and deceit. Well, I think we'd all have to agree with that, Matib, but things have changed during the past century. I realize that, Commissioner, but Mika doesn't. He's old. Perigen, Violet, and Oxia has all but destroyed his logic and reason. He no longer understands the universal constant of change and that it affects all sentient beings. There was a time when he would have come to you himself, but now... Well, how did you find out about the project? It was top secret. There are no secrets from someone who can become anyone. I was a Parsec engineer at the component facility in New Chicago. I was the navigation officer aboard the Xanadu trader. And finally, I was Professor Starsmith. We've always been aware of Earth's technological skills, and we knew it would only be a matter of time before one of your scientists devised a revolutionary hyperdrive unit. I spent three years at the new Chicago facility, waiting. Where are the men whose bodies you biosynthesized? They were held in cryosuspension on Nakona, then returned one by one as I cycled through their various identities. But what about the time missing from their lives? Nothing is missing, Captain Great. All I experienced in their places was given to them when I returned their spirits. They're not even aware they've been gone. How did you manage to get Professor Starsmith to Nakona? A number of storage tunnels under the project complex opened several hundred meters beyond the laboratory. Last night, I left Professor Starsmith at the mouth of one of them. A Nakonian lander picked him up at Moonset. Matib, would you be willing to try and convince Mika that in exchange for Professor Starsmith and the crew of the Eldorado, ISA will give him all the Parsec accelerators your planet needs? Yes. When will you be able to leave? As soon as Captain Griff is ready. You know something, Matib? I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. How much further to the warmth through Meridian, buddy? Uh, two minutes, 40 seconds. Matib, are you certain you'll be all right during Parsec acceleration? As long as I only have to sustain one body, faster than light speed is as harmless to me as it is to you. Skipper, we have three Piranha-class fighters at 282 degrees, 5,000 meters in closing. Magnify 1,000, and let's have a look at them on B-monitor. Captain, those are Nakonian Spectrum Raiders. Something's wrong. Mika's never sent a patrol out this far before. 1,000 meters in closing. 500 meters in closing. Captain, open a close proximity subfrequency. Niata Lux Neconia, Niata Lux Neconia, Loveria Matipsa, Matipsa Teres Noxo. Matipsa no Mosca Udamchus, Lika Imperius Benarius Niatum Teranaxo. They have orders to destroy any Earthship they see. Mika believes I was taken to Star Lab and killed. The pilot thinks my voice is a deception. They're gonna nail us next time, Skipper. Please don't fire on them, Captain. They're not aware of the real situation. Hmm. Uh, buddy, uh, open the starboard fuel bay and jettison the primary liquid oxygen pod. And then get ready for an emergency warp through. The pod's jettisoned, Skipper. Okay. Now, when they start firing, blast the pod with our starboard laser cannons. And I'll warp through behind the explosion. We're through. Is everyone all right? Nice going, Skipper. 
peace and they think we're scattered from here to the great beyond. An excellent maneuver, Captain Graydon. Now call it dead ahead, Skipper. You sure weren't kidding about your son, Mateep. The photosphere barely registers on the solar scanner. Mateep, are we approaching from the dark side? All of Nikona is dark. It has been for over two solar years. Uh, Captain Griff, if you program for a descent vector of 068, we'll land at a deserted ice flower plantation near the Citadel. As John, Buddy, and Mateeb approach Nikona aboard Delta One, Emperor Mika sits alone in one of the Nikonian Citadel's high towers. His spirit, weakened by perigen violet starvation, his mind suffocated by hallucinations. And then Nekona came out of the sun, and we came out of Nekona into a void of broken eyes and blood and darkness. Mika? What do you want, Ariana? The crew of the captured transport vessel. They're desperately in need of water. They can have all the water they need, but not until I've eased the suffering of our own people. Mika, please, they haven't That had... uh, will be all, Ariana. Yes, Mika. Ariana. Yes, Mika? Please, bring me a heartbeam photon pistol. Why? You have no enemies here. Oh, but I do, Ariana. They live all around me. In the twilight and the shadows. The pistol. Ariana. Yes, Mika. Yes. The pistol. As Emperor Mika sits planning his revenge against a dark force of invisible enemies. John, Buddy, and Matib enter the subterranean corridors beneath the Nekonian citadel and make their way to one of Matib's cryo-laboratories. Professor Starsmith is in here. Matib, all these crystal pillars, what are they? They're beautiful. These are the cryo-chambers. Buddy. Professor Starsmith is standing inside this one. He looks all right, doesn't he? Captain Griff, if you touch that prism, the chamber will open. Captain Graydon, take these jewels and place the red one over the professor's left eye, the yellow one over his right eye, and the blue one in the center of his forehead. Like this? Yes. Now, please stand away or you may be harmed. Professor Starsmith. Professor Starsmith. Are you still here? Yes, Logan. I'm still here. As John and Buddy watch, two razor-thin beams of golden light erupt from the center of Matib's forehead and penetrate the iridescent jewels over Professor Starsmith's eyes. The gem on his forehead begins to oscillate, filling the white crystal chamber with a blinding ultra-brew radiance. Matib begins to tremble, his bioenergy temporarily weakened, as he returns Professor Starsmith's spirit, erasing the void between being and nothingness, where the professor has been suspended in the dark sanctuaries of cryo-sleep. How do you feel, Logan?
I feel a little dizzy, but uh, I'll be all right. Hello, Captain Graydon. Uh, Captain Griff? Hiya, Professor. Professor. I... Stand where you are, all of you. Mika. You were seen entering the Citadel, the team. I've been monitoring you ever since. Legionnaires, take them to the cells. Skip, put your blaster away, buddy. The outnumber is ten to one. Surrounded by Imperial Legionnaires, John and Buddy are disarmed, and then along with Matib and Professor Starsmith are taken to a subterranean prison cell beneath the Nikonian Citadel. Meanwhile, Mika listens to the hallucinatory voices that continue to flood his broken mind. Voices that insist even his friends are enemies, and that all enemies must be destroyed. Emperor Mika, a lonely dweller in a sad mirage at the very center of alien worlds. Imperial Legionnaires, John, Buddy, Matib, and Professor Starsmith have been locked in a cell beneath the Nikonian Citadel. And while Mika sits in one of the Citadel's high towers, deciding what to do with his prisoners, Matib has already determined what that decision will be. Unless we can confront him and convince him to listen, I'm certain he'll have us killed. Do you honestly believe he'd listen to you? Mika and I have known each other all our lives. I've experienced his kindness and generosity and wisdom throughout the years. I can't believe that everything he was has been lost. Well, if it isn't our boys in uniform. Professor Starsmith, please come with us. Sartos? Is that you? Yes, Matib. Your helmet and faceplate, I, I didn't recognize you at first. Where are you taking the professor? To Mika. You can speak English here, Sartos. These are my friends. All of us are your friends, Matib. We want to help, but you know the penalty for violating an imperial edict, no matter how unfair it is. Professor Starsmith, please. Do you think he'll be all right? I don't know. Starsmith. Have him come in. Tell the guards to wait. Yes, Mika. Professor? Professor, I want you to contact your laboratory on Timian 3 and order the rest of the components to be transported here. If you refuse, I shall order the execution of the freighter crew. You don't have to threaten me, Mika. You can have all the Parsec accelerators you need. That's what Matib wanted to tell Matib has failed me. He didn't fail you. Without him, we'd never have learned how desperately you need our help. I don't want your help, Professor. Only your invention. Our own technicians are quite capable of assembling it. That would take months. You don't have that much time. 
If you let me supervise the assembly, it would only be a matter of weeks. Mika, I'm willing to stay here and help in any way I can. Like you helped certain races on your own planet? I'm familiar with your history, Professor. I know how ruling system like yours forced their way into other lands on the pretext of helping. And I know how you destroyed their cultures when they resisted you. What was the dominant political philosophy of that age? Burn the infants of one land so the earth could be made safe for the children of another land? That was a long, long time ago, Mika. I live in whatever time I choose, Professor. Now, shall we begin again? He's begun a long time, Atib. What do you think's going on up there? I don't know, Captain Graydon. I don't know. Ariana. There isn't much time. Meek is in a terribly violent state. Here are your weapons. Sartos gave them to me. Sartos. I knew he'd help us. He said he had no choice. Not after seeing you here. I'll leave the door open. Give me a few moments, then come to Mika's chamber through the tower passageway. And please, try not to hurt him. Well, things are certainly looking up. Who was that, Matib? Mika's daughter. I shall kill them, Professor. I'll kill them all. All right, Mika. But you've got to promise me that you'll... No promises, Professor. Now, please, follow me to the communications chamber. Mika, wait! Stand where you are, Matib. Mika, put that weapon aside. We don't want to harm you. Mika, please listen to him. Ariana, Ari Ariana, you set them free. Mika, we've come to help your planet, your people. No! Skipper, look out! Mika, stop it! Stop it! Ariana, Matib, I'm blind, I'm blind. Skipper, he shot himself. I, I couldn't help myself, Ariana. The voices, they were inside. They were mine. All this time, I was only raging against myself. Oh, father. Father. <laughs> Realizing at last that his only enemies were the dark, distorted voices of his own sadly broken spirit, Emperor Mika becomes a victim of his own rage. Understanding in this final moment that only in the sanctity of death can the raging sound of one's own self be silenced, purified, and given back to that infinite, invisible place from which all things eventually return. There's good old Delta One, Skipper. Right where we left her. Right. Professor, what should we tell your family? Tell them I've come to my senses and finally realize that science exists not to serve itself, but to sustain the balance of life everywhere in the universe. Tell them Nakona desperately needs my help. And tell them I've seen a future 
in which we'll all be Nikonians someday. We'll be seeing you, Professor. So long, Professor, and good luck. Goodbye, Matib. Goodbye, my friend. Take care of him, Ariana. He's too good to lose. Thank you for bringing him back to us. Watch the skies, my good friends. We'll meet again. Leronia Amicus Lux Eterna. Valeris and Illyria mantras eterna setum. Vias noveriat lux eterna. The Starsmith Project was based on a story by Ellen Pellicero and written by Ron Thompson. Our cast included Linda Gary, Chuck Olson, Bruce Miller, and Corey Burton, with special guests Richard Paul, Byron Kane, Francis Bay, Lester Fletcher, Carol Bilger, and Gail Murphy. Associate producer Jeff Allen, music director Tom Rounds. Our engineer was Stu Jacobs. Assistant to the producer, Laurie Tyler. Technical consultant, Peter Skye. Alien Worlds was created, produced, and directed by Lee Hansen and is distributed by Watermark Incorporated. And so, until next time, this is Roger Dressler inviting you to join us for another journey into Alien Worlds.